In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Fighting words. That's what we're going to talk about today, fighting words. Fighting words are legally defined as words, either spoken or written, which are generally expressed in order to incite hatred and violence from their target. Uh, That's the legal definition of fighting words, but they usually sound something more like this. Oh, yeah? Well, my dad could beat up your dad. And uh, to any 10-year-old boy out there, uh, those are fighting words. Or maybe they sound like this. Uh, I don't care if the Cubs won the World Series last year. They're not going to win again for another 100 years. And depending on your baseball allegiances, those are fighting words. Uh, I, I I do think that even the most tame and passive among us have certain triggers that can really set us off. Right? We can put up with a lot, but as soon as someone starts talking poorly uh, about our kids or our spouse or maybe even our beloved car, well, then the gloves come off. Right? We can take a lot of words. People could say a lot of things about us, but you start picking on my little brother or my spouse or, or my Ford in the, in the driveway, well, then those are fighting words. Fighting words, we know them when we hear them, don't we? But when we hear this beautiful and true confession of faith from the Apostle Peter today in our Gospel reading, when he says, Jesus, you are the Christ or the Son of the living God, maybe those are some unexpected fighting words. I mean, after all, what, what beautiful and true words they are. And, 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 of course, Peter gives the right answer. Jesus had asked him, who do you say that I am? And he says, Jesus, you're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. And, of course, these aren't even Peter's own words. Jesus tells Peter that those words were given to him by the Father. They were placed into his heart and, and onto his lips. And so maybe these are some unexpected fighting words. But they are. They're... They're words that sin and Satan and death hate to hear. You see, anytime we say these words, whether it's in the silence of our hearts or in all boldness with our lips, anytime we confess, Jesus, you are the Christ, you're the Son of the living God, we will be met with resistance. Uh, Sometimes it'll be from the outside unbelieving world who just doesn't get who Jesus is, but we will always be met with resistance and hatred and violence from sin and Satan and death. They are doing their best Uh, to rip those words out of our mouths and out of our hearts. Uh, And that's, of course, because there's a fight going on. Uh, There's a battle taking place. Uh, Jesus briefly refers to it in our Gospel reading for today uh, when he he talks about the gates of Hades. He's, He's letting us know there's a battle going on between you as a child of God and between the gates of Hades, which is a term that signifies sin and Satan and death and everything evil. Now, now, some of us, we live in blissful ignorance of this fight that's taking place around us for, for periods or seasons in our life, but, uh, but I am pretty sure that all of us, at one point or another, come face to face with this battle, this fight before us. Uh, we feel the fight taking place as, as Satan tempts us and attacks us and tries to lead us down some dark and, and dangerous paths, and as we do our best to fight back against it. We, we see the fight taking place as we turn on our TVs and, and see all the terrible stories of violence and murder and war and hatred and anger and kidnappings and all sorts of terrible things, right? The, the fight is real. Uh, we can sense the fight going on deep down inside of us as we watch death try to snatch away people we love and care about through cancer or sickness and death. The, the fight is real, and, and for mu- many of us, we, we feel like we are losing. 
With every temptation that we give into, it, it feels like maybe Satan has the upper hand. As we watch death creep nearer to us, whether either in our own lives or the lives of people we love, it, it can feel like we're losing the battle. The fight is there. You know it, I know it. Jesus knows it. He's well aware of the fight taking place. And, and that is why he has placed into our hearts and onto our lips this, this beautiful confession, these holy fighting words. The words that we hear from the mouth of Peter when he says, Jesus, you are the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. Words that sin and Satan hate to hear. Now, to be sure, these are more than just kind of angry, vindictive uh, words that are meant to incite hatred and violence. And in fact, we could call this confession uh, of Peter, when he says, you are the Christ, you're the Son of the living God, we could almost call this our victory cry. Because for Christians, every time we proclaim Jesus to be the Christ, we are proclaiming that victory in life is ours. Uh, let me explain. If you can remember back to our gospel reading at the very beginning, Jesus starts the conversation with his disciples by asking them a question. He says, who do people say that I am? What is the world saying about me? You know, what, what, who do people think I am? And, and the, the disciples, uh, they, they let him know that people are saying lots of different things about who he is and what he came to do. And most of them seem to be pretty positive, if you remember, right? Uh, the disciples tell Jesus, some people are, are saying that you're a prophet, a holy man of God, a spokesperson for God. Other people say that you're Elijah or Jeremiah, these kind of heroes of the Old Testament. Other people think you're, you're John the Baptist, that really righteous man who was out there in the desert uh, baptizing people and calling people to repentance. There were a lot of people in Jesus' day saying a lot of really good things about who Jesus was. And, and in fact, not much has changed today, has it? I bet if we went out onto Dundee Road right now and stopped 100 cars we'd hear a lot of different answers about who people thought Jesus was, but I would guess most of them would be pretty positive, wouldn't it? We might hear that Jesus is this amazing example, like parents just wishing that their kids could be more like Jesus. We might hear that he is this amazing teacher. He's got these awesome lessons to teach like no one else has ever told before. We might hear that he's a, a masterful leader, Right? No one led like Jesus. He started with 12 ragtag disciples, and now there's billions of people across time and history following him. A lot of people with a lot of nice things to say about Jesus. But to be honest, uh, these are all things that sin and Satan and death love to hear. Uh, because they want nothing more than for us to tame Jesus, to put him in these small little boxes. Because the minute that we relegate Jesus to being just a nice leader, just a good teacher, just an amazing example, is the minute that sin and Satan and death know that the fight is theirs, that they've won. Because you see, Satan knows, sometimes better than we do, that what we need is not just a better example. And what we need as Christians is not just a masterful leader. What we need is not another Elijah, not another Jeremiah. We don't need another John the Baptist or one of the prophets. What we need, what we desperately need, is for Jesus to be the Christ. Because to confess Jesus to be not just a teacher, example, leader, or prophet, but to confess him as the Christ is to say, Jesus, you are the one that we have been waiting centuries for. You're the Messiah. Actually, Christ, Messiah, they're the same word. Uh, Christ is the New Testament Greek word. Messiah is the Old Testament word. But when we say, Jesus, you are the Christ, we're saying you're everything we have been waiting for. You're the anointed one. That's the literal translation. You're the one that was set apart by God for a holy purpose, the purpose of saving us from our sins. 
If we were to put it in maybe modern vernacular, we might say, Jesus, you are it. You're everything. You're everything we need. You're our rescuer. You're our savior. You're our Lord. You're our king. Jesus, you are the Christ. Brothers and sisters, this is our victory cry. This is what unites us and rallies us and makes us one. And and in this confession, in this beautiful confession of faith, we find victory. Because every time we confess Jesus to be the Christ, what we're saying is uh, we believe that Jesus is the Christ. He is the one who has conquered sin and death and the devil. He's the one that fought back in the midst of temptation and came out perfectly obedient. He is the one that took the best of what Satan had to offer him up there on the cross and and came out alive. He is the one that conquered death, rising from the grave. It's in Jesus that we find victory in the Christ so that sin would no longer condemn us, so that Satan would no longer control us, so that death wouldn't write the end of the story. No, Jesus is the Christ. He's the Son of the living God. This is our victory cry. This changes, I think, how we fight or, or what we're fighting for. In this battle that we're fighting against sin and Satan and death, it completely changes everything. Because now, because Jesus is the Christ and he came to do what he said he was going to do, we are no longer fighting for our eternities. We're no longer fighting to prove our worth to God, right? Fighting our way into heaven. No, that, that's been won for us. We are victorious. Jesus is the Christ. He's the son of the living God, and, and he took our place in the fight. And so now we are no longer fighting for eternity, but instead we're fighting for our neighbors because we're still fighting. We're fighting hard against that temptation to gossip. But as we fight against that temptation, what we're fighting for is for our neighbor, our coworker, our friend, to be able to live a life free from gossip, a life of peace and truth. We're fighting hard against pride and self-centeredness so that others around us would get to experience humility and sacrifice just like we did. Uh, we're fighting hard against anger and bigotry and, and violence and war in our world so that other people would get to experience peace and safety. This is our victory cry. Jesus, you are the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. You're the one who has conquered sin and death and Satan all for us. Jesus, you're the Christ. Uh, Some of us uh, have been saying those words, whether it's in the silence of our hearts or in boldness with our lips, since before we can remember. Uh, Many of you, uh, I would imagine, were baptized into that confession, that faith. And you just grew up into it your entire life, knowing and believing and saying, Jesus, you're the Christ. You, you've got it. You've understood it. You've believed it. Uh, but other people come to that understanding, that faith, much later in life. Uh, a couple years ago now, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine who had just returned uh, from his father's funeral. His family had let him know that his dad suddenly wasn't doing well and that he should probably come out to see his dad for what might be the, the last time before he passed away. And My friend went out there uh, to see his dad for what did turn out to be his last couple days here on earth. Now, the thing about my friend's father is that he was not a Christian. He did not believe that Jesus was the Christ. In fact, in many ways, he fought much of his life against the faith, against Jesus. Uh, But nonetheless, my, my friend and his family, they surrounded their father in his last few days and hours with the love of Christ. They sang hymns with him. They prayed for him. They read scripture to him. And then God did something amazing. He put those holy fighting words 
into the mouth of my friend's father. He gave him that glorious victory cry. As my friend's father lay there on his deathbed, all of the life slipping away from him with sin and Satan and death, doing their best to to, to pull him in, this man was given that beautiful victory cry. He had no fight left in him, and yet he was victorious. Not because he had lived such a holy life, not because he had fought his way into heaven with all of the good things he had done, No, he had had lived his entire life apart from Christ. And yet God chose to put that faith into his heart and onto his lips. He believed in Jesus. And he found victory. Sin would lose. Satan would lose. Death would have no power over him. He was victorious. And so are we, brothers and sisters. And that's why we cry out boldly together as God's people, Jesus, you are the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. In you we find our victory. Fighting words? Yeah. Because these are words that sin and Satan hate to hear. But words of victory and life? Most definitely. In Jesus' name. Amen.